The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Gadigal land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. You're listening to the Your Safe Space podcast hosted by me, Adele Marie. Joining me on the show today is the one and only Steph Kelly. Steph, who is a very close friend of mine, is also a paediatric nurse, a disability advocate and content creator. She has built a community of hundreds and thousands online, both educating and inspiring those who follow her, including myself. I'm beyond honored to have her join the space with me and I hope you guys enjoy our chat. Let's get her on. Hi, Steph. Hello. Welcome to your safe space. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I know. I I'm, I'm, have been looking forward to this day for like six months. I know. We've been talking about it yeah. for what feels like it a feels, lifetime. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but we've finally made it. How's your morning been? It's been chaotic only because it's raining and Sydney traffic doesn't like rain. I know. We, <laughs> we both were sat in traffic. I've come from the airport. We were both texting each other. Steph's texting me being like, oh, I'm going to be late. And I wasn't even here yet. And I was like, don't worry. Like, I'm also quite late myself. <laughs> I know. A 40-minute drive takes an hour and a half. Yeah. Melbourne is the same. Yeah. And no one can drive in the rain. Yeah. So bad. But Everyone could be perfect like us, but they're not. No. <laughs> Now, I feel like I need to let the listeners know how we know each other and how we met. So you actually came up on my For You page, probably I'm going to say over a year ago now. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit longer. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was a TPN video or you talking about how you don't need to eat, but you still do for satisfaction and for just because you enjoy it. And I have fallen in love with your content. And then we crossed paths like in real life last year. And I was like, wow, we are so similar and share so many things. And I'm just like, where have you been all my life? We've instantly like became good friends. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, I know. I I remember like I always feel like I saw your content all the time. You know, you like support people, you like people's videos and then you're like, oh, I'm not even following them. And then like, I think I remember like either following you and then I was like, oh, you're in Sydney. And then, yeah, we kind of just started talking, but I feel like we just clicked straight away. We did. And now look at us. I know. Now I've got you here too. Yeah. Now this podcast, it's a Sunday show. So one of the segments that we have is what's taking up space. Mm -hmm. And it's basically where I encourage the listeners to think about whatever's taking up space for them. And then I will usually share something that's taking up space for me, but I want you to share something that's taking up space for you. Something that's taking up space. I I feel like I've had to really think about this one because At the moment, I think with my mental health, it's a very like rocky up and down situation, especially because I just got out of hospital after spending four months in there, which we'll touch on later. But I feel like something that's taking up space is probably just getting back into the swing of life and also feeling like I should be at a specific level when I'm not physically or emotionally, mentally, because when you get out of hospital, the day after getting out of hospital, you're not like back to 100%. Of course. So I think me putting pressure on myself. Yeah. <laughs> to just be 100% normal. Yeah. Well, and thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Obviously, I'm an outsider, so I don't fully understand everything that goes through your head. But I'm like, take that pressure off yourself, girl. I know. I need to. It's hard. I, I can only imagine and like empathize with how hard it would be. Especially if you are someone who, you know, is a bit of an overachiever or perfectionist yeah. or like, 
I feel like you kind of have that like internal battle of like my body can't physically do this, but like I want to do this, like events or, you know, I mean, anything, day-to-day socialization. It's just like, I want to do this, but I can't. And then I put that pressure on myself, which I know is silly, but it's an up and down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you having an update today? Yes. Okay. Well, I that's am. good. I'm going to do whatever I can. I've been looking so forward to, keep to it this. An update for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to do an interview style question episode with you. And I've taken questions that the listeners have submitted so that I can make sure we're covering everything they want. And then we'll do like rapid fire interview at the end or a rapid fire QA. So, Steph, give us an elevator pitch. You can give us a quick elevator pitch of who you are. What would you? to us. Okay. So my name is Steph Kelly. I'm 28. A lot of people either think I'm older or younger. It's never around 28. Yeah. Um, which one do you get more? Older mostly or I get around 25, yeah. which is so fine. I'll have, <laughs> You're like, I'll take that. I'll stay there. <laughs> um, I am a wife and a dog mom and I love nursing. I also love cars, which a lot of people wonder if that's just because my partner's into cars, but that's how I met my partner. I love everything, like being active, being out in life, long drives by myself. I love a long drive. That's so therapeutic. Yeah. Play your favorite song. Scream at like the top of your lungs. (laughs) Now you're a dog mom. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Oatly. Oatly is a three-year-old standard poodle. So cute. Oatly is adorable. I love your content of him yeah he's so sweet but I think recently a lot of people have been like he looks like Will Ferrell because I did that (laughs) I think I like this little life and his reactions I hadn't seen it but then people started commenting he looks like Will Ferrell and I was like (laughs) it's got like three million views and I was like I saw that one (laughs) yeah guys I kind of I kind of feel like he does a little bit. So now I can't unsee that. Yeah, his Will's so. doppelganger. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, we love taking him to the dog park. He is a very loved dog, very babied, but he's also very well trained. Yeah. Not too well trained that he's like he's not a service dog, uh, an assistance dog, mm-hmm. as much as I'd probably love him to be there for me in hospital. I feel like I don't really need that. So apart from that, he's very well trained. Yeah, he's so cute. <laughs> love the Oatly content. <laughs> and I loved your elevator pitch. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm also a foodie, which a lot of people would probably not expect that yeah. I'm a foodie. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Now, I want to know what your childhood was like. What was baby Steph like, kid Steph like? I was an undiagnosed ADHD child. Okay. <laughs> uh, but obviously, as the young females with ADHD are, they mask. So yeah. I think I was just very, I think in myself, I knew I was a little bit different. I feel like I couldn't concentrate in class and things would overwhelm me, like school projects, stuff like that. But I was just, my mum would describe me as like all or nothing child. Yeah. Just. <laughs> I, I remember she would say when we'd have like family events or fun gatherings, I would be not hungry and I just want to be like fun, 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 like playing everything. I was such a tomboy. I loved Beyblades, cars. Yep. <laughs> I didn't care for dresses. I didn't care for makeup. Didn't care to do my hair. I was just very out there as a child, I super out there. Even though I would often end up in hospital with my heart, I was still very, oh, well, get up and go and jump off a fence or something the next day. Had a lot of injuries as a kid. Okay. A lot of dislocated. So you were scared. You had no fear. No fear. I had like band-aids, bruises, 
I was just Fearless reckless. Death. Yeah. You know what? That actually doesn't surprise me because I feel like that's so, you can see that now even in your content. Despite yeah. everything, like you still show up. You're like, I'm going to make whatever I want happen. And I think that's what most people as well will find, like find so inspiring too. Now, I did mention at the start that you're a nurse. You're a pediatric nurse. Yes. And I've watched some of your TikToks like getting ready for work. Can you talk to me about what made you want to pursue that pathway and where that kind of interest came from? Yeah. So I think being around a lot of medical things as a kid, some people would assume it might turn you off kind of going and being a nurse or being a doctor or anything in the healthcare industry. I was always very curious. Like I just thought maybe it's just me hyper fixating on things, but I just was so curious about like the human body, like underneath our skin is like this whole system and multiple systems. And I was like, I want to know more about it. And I remember wishing when I was near like six that I just wanted to learn about the body and that was it. Like the human body, the anatomy. I loved it. I loved everything about it. And then also I think I had great representation of nurses when I was younger. Um, I loved all the medical shows. I was just interested. Yeah. And and curious about it. Yeah. And so then I was like, I think I'm going to be a nurse. I remember I drew a my mum has this like old drawing that I did when I was in kindergarten and it was an obstetrician. Well, it was, you couldn't tell it's an obstetrician, but that's yeah, what I'd said. You knew it was. And I was like, I'm going to be a baby doctor. And so, I mean, as I got older, I was like, I don't really want to be a doctor. I wasn't kind of keen on signing up for all that medical school. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, I think nursing just like the perfect fit. It's just a lot of hands-on, a lot of caring very nurturing. Um, yeah. So you, yeah, very staff coded. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then it just so happens that I am a chronically unwell nurse. So Yes, you are. Yeah. And that's a large part of your story. Yes. And a large part of your journey. Yes. Do you feel comfortable sharing some of that with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Don't feel pressure to go into any amount of detail. You're, <laughs> this is a safe space for you too. So whatever you feel comfy sharing is no, good yeah. enough for us as well. Yeah, I'm. so I think the best place to start is the beginning. So I've always had heart problems. I've always had potassium problems, very strange things that didn't add up. I remember because I was so accident prone, I think when I was a teenager, I had this, they diagnosed me with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which is POTS. Um, and I also had SVT and the potassium channelopathy, which is just, if you want to Google that, it's, it's a whole. Yeah, we're not going to make <laughs> Steph explain that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so things were kind of aligning and then they were like, okay, yep, yeah, like you're hypermobile, which is why I dislocated everything all the time as a kid. Wow. And I have this connective tissue disorder where everything is very lax. So because of that, that then opens you up to a lot of other things. And I would say... From the ages of 18 and over, I was quite stable in my health apart from with my SVT, which is supraventricular tachycardia. That is when the heart goes out of rhythm and beats differently. And so- I did do my research on that. Yes, because- you have had some issues with the SVT recently. Yeah. And I was like, I need to know what's going on yeah. with my girl. So I was <laughs> what like, is going on? Irregular rhythm or yeah. it's out of rhythm. Yes. yes. Yeah. So yeah, the electrical impulses are misfiring and yeah. then it just gets stuck out of rhythm. And if you're in it for a long time, it can be really dangerous. Yes. Um, and so that was the biggest issue, but that kind of only affects you for a two day period. You know, you, you have to go, well, for me, I have to go into hospital, get a medication that stops your heart. And then if that doesn't work, that medication kind of, it's almost like turning your heart on and off again. Yeah. It's like 
people saying like, have you tried turning on and off again? I, think I always like, make that joke. Yes, I, I literally have done that. I literally flatlined. <laughs> um, and so it's okay. We can laugh about it. Like Guys, my Steph humor. Guys, has a dark humor. There's something so dark. That is must, like not even near it. You must know about her. Um, I visited Steph quite a bit last year when she was in hospital because I was like, I'm going to break you out of this bloody place because she hates it and I hate it because she hates it. Yeah. Her level of humor. I was like, wow, this chick. I love I love it. I know some people kind of like, do I laugh at that? And I'm like, laugh. I'm, I'll laugh at your I'm jokes. Laughing. Yeah, you laugh. laughing, You I always laugh. laugh. Some people just get really hesitant and I can see they're uncomfortable and I'm like, okay, I won't make that. <laughs> but yeah, so I would go into hospital two days. So I was able to study able to start working. I left school early, went kind of through the TAFE process. Then I was at this like form of stability. I was working at this major pediatric hospital in Sydney and we were on, I had just finished, I had three months, no sick leave. I was very proud of myself. My partner and I, we were only together for a year and a half at that point. He, like we went to Max Brenner and on the way to Max Brenner, someone crashed into us and hit my side of the car primarily and they were at fault. And so at that time I was like, I've worked tomorrow. Like I need to be at work tomorrow. And obviously went straight to the hospital in the ambulance. I had a neck injury, shoulders, both shoulders, a nerve injury into my left arm, rib cage injury. And so at that point I was like, okay, it's all upper. It could have been worse. And I was like, I'll probably be off work for a couple of weeks once I realized the extent. And then a couple of weeks went by. I was off work then for the year. And then that was 2018. So then I was off work 2019 and we were kind of after a year after the accident, my stomach started to get a bit funny, which was funny meaning delayed. And so my stomach wasn't emptying the way it should. Mm -hmm. And I was really unwell then out of nowhere. I mean, it felt like it was out of nowhere, but it was kind of leading up to this point where they were like, we're going to have to put a feeding tube in. And I'm thinking that's so weird. Like, I mean, I know that feeding tubes are commonly used in adult you know, nursing, but because I was working in a kid's hospital, yeah. feeding tubes for me were only at that time used on kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously knew they weren't, but I was just very like thrown because, yeah, you know, yeah, that. yeah. And I mean, I had like stomach issues my whole life, but not to the ever the extent of needing intervention. Mm-hmm. So I had the feeding tube and then, you know, that year in 2019, they were like, you're never going to return to work as a nurse. Like, you know, your injuries are too severe. How was that hearing that? That was really full on. Yeah. I didn't actually digest. I say digest, but <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I didn't digest that information until maybe two years after I was given it because I was just thinking like, there's just no way I had already fought so hard to get to that, to actually do nursing. Like I had come yeah. full circle at that point. Yeah. You're celebrating. Like, persevered. Yeah. I've done this. Yeah. I'd celebrated the three months no sick leave. And when I'm celebrating three months no sick leave, I have an accident. Like how I was very, very why me, very staying in my room. And then COVID. Valid. Yeah. Valid oh, to have that. Super valid. Reaction. Um, and also in, in some form of denial, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID happened. And at that point, I was 2019 to 2020, I was going through NJ, so a nasodejunal tube, which was into my small intestine because my stomach wasn't emptying, and then an NG to drain my stomach contents. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they they said those tubes will be long-term. So the transition from being quite an independent, not 
fully healthy, but healthier, you know, adults to then needing an IV pole at my bed, like at home. It was just so weird. And I also felt like my body was then changing because I had to have tubes in my nose, tubes in my stomach. And navigating that, Adam and I were together for two, three years at that point. So navigating that in a relationship. A new relationship too. Yeah, yeah. It's so tricky because, you know, he says he doesn't care. But then in your mind, I felt like the biggest barrier for me was probably intimacy because I was thinking like it would, it would, it was me that had the issue with it. And Adam was like, I don't care. Like it's not a big deal. And I was like, no, I just like, I couldn't get past it. And so anyway, it took a lot of time to, to get past that. I'm very past it now. Yeah. Um, but just like learning to like, look, I remember looking in the mirror after I'd gotten my first feeding tube inserted into my stomach. And I was like, I can't believe I'm here, like that this is my life. Like it's so bizarre. It really flipped your whole world upside down. Yeah, it was so strange. And then, you know, that was then the transition from, okay, your stomach also doesn't work. Your stomach doesn't work, but also your intestines are shutting down and you have intestinal failure. And I was thinking, well, the only thing that's keeping me alive is the tube that is in my intestines. And if they don't work, like how am I going to get nutrition? Yeah. And so I knew that TPN, which is total parenteral nutrition, I knew that that was a thing, but I didn't know that it was ever a possibility for me. And because I was a nurse, I only knew of the negatives about it. So I was like, okay, yep. And then we transitioned onto that. And I spent almost a year trying not to go home on it because I knew what going home on TPN Meant. meant it was yeah. a full-on routine 12 hours at least connected to a pump a two-liter bag I just did not want any bar of it and then also then the side effects of it you know you need a central line which I had a portacath before it and the portacath was easy you just take the needle out and nothing's on the skin mm-hmm. whereas this meant that I couldn't swim I couldn't shower properly I couldn't do yeah. everything that kind of I felt like I was already getting everything taken away in the feeding tubes, like a lot of independence, you know, eating is such a luxury and I was having that taken away. Like I couldn't eat for like almost a year. I was just very like, what else? What's next? Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then I got transitioned onto home TPN, went home with it. And that was kind of when I realized I was like, I spent a year avoiding this last resort option for so long that Once I had been home on TPN, and to put it easily, TPN is, so total, which is everything, Mm -hmm. PAR, P-A-R, means avoid, enteral means digestive system. Okay. So total, avoid, digestive system, nutrition. Okay. So that's what parenteral means, because a lot of people think that it means like parent or something. Yes. Because it looks like like total parenteral nutrition. Everyone's like. So what does it have to do with your parents? <laughs> like, <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> yeah, actually it's just, it's avoiding my digestive system. So it's nutrition that goes 100% the bloodstream, which is such a weird concept because whenever you see someone get something IV, the IV's liquidy and it's clear and you're like, yes. yeah, clear stuff goes into my veins. It goes into my bloodstream. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, it's very weird. You know, it looks like milk. And so it does, it does like milk. That throws a lot of people off. It threw, threw me off at first, to be honest. And so, yeah, so I was avoiding it for so long. And then once I was home, I was on it. It was probably the four week mark, fourth week of being on TPN that Adam, my husband, now husband, he said to me, he's like, you are so different 
we, because I was deteriorating for such a long time, you know, at this point it was 2021, Mm -hmm. it was 2019 to 2021. And I was slowly becoming like a shell of Of what I was and how I used to be nourished. And then now I, you know, I was not. And so it was almost like TPN as much as I was dreading it, it kind of gave me my spark back and I was able to actually leave my room, leave the house, go and live life. Do the things that you love doing. Yeah. And, and even though the setup and everything like that caused a lot of anxiety, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm like living again. And this whole time I was avoiding the actual thing that was letting me live. Yeah. Because I was so afraid of it. Because it was the unknown. Not letting me live. Like I thought it would yeah. kill me. I was like, you know, oh, there's side effects that you can have from it. There's like liver damage and like all this stuff. And I was thinking yeah. like, it's going to kill me. Yeah. And that's like your nursing part of your brain yes. as well being like, well, I know absolutely everything yeah. about this too and, and I can do the research and like, I'm scared. Exactly. And sometimes I think having that medical background knowledge, especially when it comes to yourself or close family members, is not helpful. It would be hard. you just, you catastrophize everything because you're like, oh, I've got this scan result. I've got the worst possible scenario. And then when you think like that, that's the only thing you can see. So I was thinking all of the negatives about this thing. I didn't even think of the positives. And it wasn't until being on it for a month at home, I was like, oh my God, like this is the best. Like it's just been so long since I have been able to live. So yeah, it kind of gave me my life back, which is so strange. I thought it would take it. I'm so glad, firstly, that you're still here after that accident. And secondly, that TPN exists. Yeah, and only been around for 30 years. How good is modern technology? I'm 28, so that's scary. I think it's oh, been wow. around for around 30 years, like give or take five years, but yeah. yeah. And side note, this particular week, not this episode, like when the episode comes out, but this particular week is Feeding Tube Awareness Week. It is, yes. And I obviously saw you post about it, but I saw another friend of mine post about it because her son has a feeding tube. And I was yeah. like, wow, I'm so glad there's like visibility for it. Yes, yes. And I'm so happy that you have shared your journey online so publicly and created so much visibility because I think many people listening will be familiar with your content. I know your TPN videos, setting up the TPN, perform very well on the internet. They I don't do. know if it's because it looks like milk or people are just like, what is this? Is. <laughs> I, I never expected it. It's so bizarre. Like It's amazing. I also love when you get to share other stuff too. I'll get to that. But what actually motivated you to start? posting and start being public about it? I have always been a very big consumer of social media and especially TikTok, but I always thought about starting sharing my life because it's such a different way of living. And even before the TPN, I was like, oh, this feeding tube stuff is like full on. Like, you know, I probably should share it. And then, you know, like you kind of just think about that and it's a passing thought. Yeah, And it wasn't until one time I was in hospital that a few of my videos got some views and it was towards, it was November 2022. Yeah. So I started sharing and then. Was it hospital food reviews or? Yeah. It was just boring hospital (laughs) content. Like in comparison to now, I'm kind of like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I mean, I mean, the hospital food reviews can be good, but it was like the way I was doing it. I was so new to it. So I was like, Hey guys, like, and <laughs> then not editing. <laughs> like it wasn't, I wasn't editing anything. So, you know, I got home from the hospital and I was like, do I just continue this little, like it was a little bit of, you know, I think I had 3000 followers in December, 2022. And I was like, do I just like continue doing this? See where it takes me. 
And so I, yeah, got home and just did like a TPN setup. I remember I had gone live once or twice in hospital. So I thought maybe I'd go live at home while I'm doing the TPN setups. And at that point in time, I had had a couple of infections that were feeding tube related because your feeding tube is like, they call it a stoma around the kind of where the tube is. So I was getting infections in the tract. They were kind of, once you get an infection, if you've got a foreign body anywhere else, you know, if that's a pacemaker, if it's a feeding tube, um, a central line, that can spread very easily. Makes you more susceptible. Yeah, it can like, it's just, and so that's what I had had. And so I started to get really anxious at TPN setup time because I was like, number one, it's a little bit of a chore. It's a whole process, you know, sterile gloves. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen it. It's just I, I think we have seen it, but I don't think we truly understand. Because yeah. like I, I speed it up. You speed it up and you edit and you cut the clips. And I understand the power of editing, but it's yeah. like there'd be so much more to that. And then I even think she wouldn't be touching the phone either. Yeah. So there's like more content for her to trim through. Yeah. Yeah. Whole whole thing. It's like the sterile field is so important because if you make one wrong move, like yeah. that's your life. Yeah. It's similar to nursing in the fact that, you know, if you give someone the wrong medication, like that's their life. And so you have all this responsibility on yourself, bacteria, you know, air, like you can't put anything. And, you know, you probably think, well, you do it all the time, so it's easy. But like nurses do do things every day of their life. Like senior nurses can still make mistakes. People are human. Yeah. You can be distracted for a split second, do something that's going to be dangerous to your health. And so- I was so anxious about that. And then I was like, I might start like recording what I do more so for me to entice me to start doing, you know, my TPN at like a decent time because I'm supposed to start it. Because I, at that point I had to run it for 16 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So I was really supposed to start it at 4 Mm p.m. just so it would finish at 8 a.m. Yeah. And um, I used to like procrastinate that I I would be like oh I can't do it like I don't want to do it today I remember I would just lay in bed and cry because I was like I don't want to set it up like I'm over it like I'm so sick of this and so that's when I started making content and then all of a sudden it just started like popping up and I was like what like this is so weird it's not though I think it's so inspiring and I think I love that it's equal parts inspiring and educational People have been able to learn so much yeah. about you, about feeding tubes, about your journey. And yeah, it's almost like in a way, I feel like people who live on TPN um, and live with TPN, we're kind of a minority. But at the same time, it's I feel like it's more than just TPN. Like I feel like a lot of people with disability and illness can relate, even if they're not on TPN. They may, they may not even have feeding tubes. Like they might have, it might be mental illness. It doesn't matter what illness. I feel like if there's some type of motivation or just something to watch to be like, well, she's going through it too. Like, and also I feel like in a weird way, I can kind of relate it to like people getting on TikTok every day and being like, get ready with me and all that kind of stuff. Cause it is kind of like my get ready with me, I guess. (laughs) So yeah. So I think as I started making the videos and as I started kind of getting more confident with what I knew what I was doing and editing and stuff like that, I was like, oh, wow, like this is people really interested. And then also got messages from nursing students being like, you're educating me. You know, I had never heard of TPN. And then I went on placement 
And I get put on a ward with a lot of patients on TPN because TPN is commonly used in hospital for a short period of time while people are on, you know, gut rest from surgeries and stuff like that. So being able to educate people and then also educating healthcare workers who look after people who are on home TPN to show them what we actually do at home. I think a lot of like doctors and nurses, especially medical, like the doctors, the treating team, I think they only see you in hospital as you are then. Yes. And then they don't know what you're doing outside of the hospital because that's just, you know, you don't think about it. Like I don't think about what the doctors do outside of work. (laughs) And so I think having that connection and, and showing the doctors and the nurses and allied health to be like, you know, this is what we do outside of the hospital. Like we actually have a life. Yeah. So this is to how we treat live. us like a human. Don't treat us like a patient. Yeah. Like we're not patients. Like, yes, of course we are in hospital. We're a hospital patient, but like we're more than just a patient. Yeah. You're still Steph. Yeah. You're still human. Yeah. There's other parts of you that exist as well. Exactly. And I think you do a really great job of showcasing that in your content. Mm-hmm. I'm loving recently you've been sharing making lunches for your husband, even sharing Oatly content, other things as well. You shared a lot of your wedding content last year, which is so good. What has been some of the favorite parts about content creating and some of the not so favorite parts about content creating? Because it's a a whole new world. It is. (laughs) It's really bizarre. I didn't So January last year, so a year ago, I hit 10,000 followers and I was like, oh my goodness, 10,000 people. Like that is insane. And then tell the listeners how many followers you have now. um, As to date in, what are we, February? Yeah. (laughs) Um, February, 2024. I have, I I think I just hit 350,000. Congratulations. Thank you. It's so bizarre. It's amazing. I still walk around and do everything every day. Like I don't have that. Like I don't think about it. Like yeah. you, you get it. Like I, you don't, I'm you don't think about same. it. No. And it's just like it exists and you're just like, yeah, I'm in this. Yeah. I feel like I used to think before I was in that world that like you would walk around like knowing you had that. Not, and obviously I do know that I have followers, but it's just a really weird when you have that many followers, you don't, life isn't different at all. No. I still struggle the same. I don't go in the morning. Well, I have so many followers. So like I have a lot of friends. Like I have, you no, don't, I have no problems now. Yeah. Like all my problems are gone. Like I still will cry in bed for no reason, even though I have so many people I could talk to. Yeah. It's just, you still have the same struggles. So yeah. I think, I think that realization was really interesting because I think I've always just consumed and watched influences and I've always loved YouTube and all that stuff. So it's just, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, I always say it's like you get put into like this abnormal world. But like you still live a very normal, yeah, like a normal life inside your own head. I think as well, there are so many stories on TikTok of people being like, oh, I met so-and-so and they were so rude. And I saw recently Bridie, you know, Bridie. Yes, yes. Yeah. we love Bridie. We Bridie love Drake. Bridie. I love yeah. her PJ so much. <laughs> she put up a video and someone commented, they were like, I saw you at this place and you were, you looked so unhappy and I didn't want to approach you. And she's like, guys, I don't walk around like, smiling 24-7 <laughs> like some days I go to the shops and I just like and that's exactly and then sometimes I think about that at the shops I'm like oh my god is someone not going to approach me because like I'm just in a mood like yeah or like not even like thinking about your facial expression because you're just like doing something routine yeah. and very yeah very yeah. fascinating it's so crazy but yeah look I think editing I really enjoy editing fun fact when I was in year seven year eight like my friends and I used to make 
music videos and I would always God. edit them. You're a creative queen. It's so funny. <laughs> Looking back at them, like one day I'll release them. They are Please so embarrassing. But like I've always loved making YouTube videos just for me. You know, I remember I used to use like iMovie and like yeah. just everything. I enjoy that side of it. Anything that I don't enjoy, I suppose the one thing that I struggle with, thankfully, I mean, I don't get too much hate, but I think a lot of people have an expectation of you and also think, for example, I go into hospital, mm-hmm. where's your husband? I'm like, first yeah. of all, I don't even record when he comes to the hospital, especially when I'm unwell, because recording when you're unwell is like just something you don't think about. No. I was in hospital for the four straight months. And when I'm out of hospital, I'm like, oh, I could have made this while I was in there. I could have made that when I was in there. And being in there for the four months, I realized you are too sick to make a day in the life. Correct. You, you forget to record because you just go from one opposite to the other. Yeah. You have people coming in every minute of every day. Correct. And then when you have visitors come, you just want to spend time with people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like, hang on, I'm going to get my phone out. I mean, you were there. I would. We recorded when I had K, when we had KFC together. Yeah. But it's like that was when I was up. You have this scale of wellness in hospital. Definitely. You can be very, very unwell, unable to look at your phone. I think I went a full 48 hours, not even looking at my phone. And then you can go to like almost being how you would be at home. And that changes very quickly. Instantly as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that expectation, and I mean, everyone was gorgeous online. I would upload being like, sorry guys, I can't upload. And people would be like, no, take your time. And I think because I show everything and a lot of hard times, I think a lot of people are very understanding and that's great. But it was more just the, does your husband even visit you? Yeah, and it's like uncalled for. It's like, you don't know that he did. I think people also forget, and that's the tricky thing with social media. It's like they think because they do see see so much, and especially when you are so vulnerable and you are, and I think that's a powerful thing, and I love how much you share, but I think they also assume that they then do see everything, even though there's a whole 24 hours in the day and you're seeing like a 45-second video from one day out of like five. Yeah, 100%. And I think there's like that lack of connection, almost like that disconnect. Yeah, people realizing because of course he's going to visit you. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Like it's like, I mean, he's my husband, first of all, but second, yeah, exactly. And then like, I think as well, but then I'll post something very real and raw. You know, I remember in September, I had gone into hospital with SVT, had just been cardioverted with the defibrillator. Because if I say anything about being defibrillated online, people like, well, it's actually cardioversion. And I'm like, I mean, they use a defibrillator and at the end of the day, I'm getting 200 joules shocked into my body twice, getting burnt with the pads. Your skin gets a burn from the electricity and your body, at the end of the day, it's still the same. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, yeah, I had that and my mum took a photo of me probably like 15 minutes after I was awake and I uploaded it on my story and someone replied and they were like, yeah, sick enough to make an Instagram story. And I'm like thinking, okay, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned Damned if if I I don't. don't. Like I can either be really open and honest and be like, hey, guys, just actually came out of surgery. And then people be like, well, you can't be that unwell. Or I don't update for four days and everyone's like, oh, you're not showing. You're not showing enough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's a fine line. It's a a balance. Yeah. What are some of the most – I'm sorry that you even get those comments firstly. Okay. I, I feel like I'm quite resilient to the comments. I, I never like thought I would be. be. Yeah, you have to, to. like create. And I think yeah. there comes a point where you realize, oh shit, my account's growing. Yeah. 
for all the good that comes with it and all of the opportunities and the amazing less life that we get to live because of online content creation, that generally does increase the trolling. Even if yes. you are a creator who doesn't get that much trolling, it's yeah. still still not nice to yeah. read shit about yourself or read comments about your husband or yeah. your health. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think the only thing that probably has changed with uploading on in, on Instagram especially, I used to, you know, I, I think I had a thousand followers on Instagram until March last year. Like I was still very small on Instagram. You're nearly at 100K on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, You'll be there soon, I know. I hope so. <laughs> and I remember I would post everything. Like I, I posted like it was my close friends on Instagram. And I like <laughs> I'd post probably too much information. Like I've had to go back to my, you know, the highlights and yeah. be like, whoa, like yeah. what am I, you know, that's a lot of Can info. Relate. I'm an oversharer. Yeah. I'm a big oversharer especially, even pre-social media. <laughs> exactly. But especially when it's all your friends. So you don't think about it. And so that was the big contrast I was like okay I actually have to post on close friends now versus everything I upload on my story I have to think about yeah because am I going to say the wrong thing or am I going to seem a little bit like some of the jokes that I like to make about my health I'm like oh is this this gonna pass yeah is this inappropriate or so yeah I think I definitely double think everything I post yeah I Um, think that's normal I think that's actually a normal part of yeah like anyone with an online presence would be able to resonate with that but yeah I'm glad that you're creating and I'm glad that our paths crossed because of that and me the too. fun thing is now we're both managed by Amplify yeah which is cool so we're I like know. work colleagues as literally well. friends and work colleagues <laughs> you know, it's crazy it was it's it's like the best especially in terms of events like having people that you know and that you're friends with is so like I have so much social anxiety I know but it takes like the pressure off a little bit when you're like, oh, a familiar face in the yeah. crowd. Like, I've got Steph. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. I literally messaged you about everything. I'm like, are you going to be here? Are you going to be here? <laughs> the TikTok awards. I was like, well, are you going to be at the awards? <laughs> and today we're actually going to our, is it our first event together? Together, yeah. Oh I know. It feels so bizarre because I feel like I've just seen you a billion times. I know. And then I'm like. <laughs> oh, no, we did Mean Girls. Oh, duh. Yeah. yeah. yeah we yeah, had yeah. Mean Girls together a few yeah. weeks ago. We but did. What was I going to say? My brain has gone into a blackout. (laughs) So I love that you share your story. I love that you are like your mission or your little tagline on Instagram is normalizing different. Love that so much. Speaks to my soul. What is your number one piece of advice for anyone listening? Um, I mean, I definitely don't know it all, but I would say I think the thing that has helped me the most is mindset. And I know that that sounds so cliche, God, it sounds so cliche. (laughs) But when I'm like at my lowest and having a support system is so beneficial. When I'm at my lowest, I think I can either dig myself deeper by just negative repetitively in my head. I have a therapist. Shout out to my therapist. I love her. And I think I just can get stuck in that negative mindset, which is so easy and so valid for whatever reason. But sometimes if I just push myself like a little bit, like a tiny bit, and I go and do something that I don't want to do or like I'm avoiding or whatever, at the other side of it, I'm like, oh, like I actually feel better overall, even if it had nothing to do with the reason why I was sad or um, something like that. But I feel like as well, I like to remind myself of everything that makes me me separate to something that's making me upset. Like if I'm upset about my illness or upset about how unfair a situation can be, I like to just remind myself that like, you know, I have my husband and I have Oatly and I have 
have had so many achievements in my life pre-accident that like I'm quite proud of. As you should be. But yeah, I just think just to be kind to yourself. And I mean, it's just very basic. Yeah, but but, it's so important. Yeah, like that's probably helped me the most just remembering who I am and also like maybe even writing down on a piece of paper what you enjoy to do, like your hobbies. Like I, you know, love cars. So I will do something like that. I love gaming. And it's just so many aspects to me, so many aspects about myself that uh, make me me. Yeah, that exist. Yeah. Outside of your illness. Yeah. So I, I think is so important. Exactly. So I think like that's probably what I like to try and focus on when I'm in a very dark yeah. hole because I have them often. Like it's not that I don't have them and I think I've uploaded like two or three crying TikTok TPN <laughs> setups because okay. it's like, Let you it know, out. Let it out than in. exactly. And I'm like, I just want people to see that like, it's not always like set up my dinner with me or like set up my, my IV nutrition. Like I'm not always like that. It's, I would say 30, maybe 40, 40, 60. I literally yeah. forgot maths for a second. <laughs> um, 40, 60 is 40% me being like, oh, like, what is this? Like, this yeah. is so frustrating. Like, I hate this. But then 60%, I'm like, oh, like, you know, there's opportunities that I've come out of this and blah, 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 blah. So that would I be my that. advice. And you kind of answered my next question, which was like, what what else about you? Like, what brings you joy? What brings you fulfillment? Because I think it's so important. I even noticed that in your content. And even before I got you on air, I was like, I really want to like shine a light on how, yes, this is a big part of your story. And I'm so glad that it's like the reason that like we also met and crossed paths, yeah. but it's like you also exist out of that, yeah, which I love and you exist like despite your illness. Like. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think that's probably my proudest achievement. Number In social media, number one is the younger generation of disabled or kids who have feeding tubes or kids who are on TPN, that and like the mothers who are watching my content and knowing that like, my daughter or son will be able to do this or I just got goosebumps. <laughs> we'll be able it's to true. achieve. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's like, that's what I feel like I almost do it for. And everything else is just like a benefit from that because yeah. I think being able to chat with younger, I mean, even late teens, early twenties, just like people who are trying to date, people who are trying to figure out navigating a relationship with all of this stuff. And that is such a high from making content Mm -hmm. but then also is like like I said earlier showing the healthcare team and everyone like that like showing them yes I have a life and I went snorkeling on the Great Barrier Reef on my honeymoon and like (laughs) we have all these things in our life that we enjoy separate yeah to being sick so I think yeah I think honestly it's that it's like the gaming and the cars and I'm so glad you have all those things and I'm also really glad you have Adam your partner your husband as well yeah because like you said a good support system goes yeah. a long way and oh, I'm yeah. glad you've had him in your corner from the very start yeah it's been like it's it's crazy I feel like I always have this voice like this reason in the back of my head which is him and he's always like no you need to fight more for this or you know you need to advocate for yourself because that's another thing advocating in healthcare yeah is something that a lot of people either are scared to do or they don't know how to don't do. know how. And I feel like there's this whole other series on TikTok that I kind of want to get into about my recent experiences and having to advocate for what I felt 
was necessary, especially when it comes to my body. Like Absolutely. in terms of medical devices, like I had a medical device put in me that I didn't realize I, it looked that way. I wasn't shown. I wasn't briefed. I, you know, it's kind of like such a big deal, but mm-hmm. because to the doctors and the surgical team, it's like, well, you need it. So this is what we're putting in you. It's like too bad. Yeah. There's like, no one knows that there's a choice. Like you actually can see a lineup of all the things you can have. If you need a central line, they should line up all the types of central lines and go, these are all the types. Which one would you like? You don't yeah. get that. Wow. Like I think that's that sad. advocating, yeah. it's just, it's so important. And I think that's something that I kind of want to promote is being able to advocate for yourself and not seeing your doctors and your your treating team as kind of above you. Yeah. Like they're not God. Yeah. Like it's not, they, they don't rule everything. They're here to help you and you're the boss of your body. Yeah. You can have a say. Yeah. Like it's, you, it's, it's crazy because I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. So we're going to see some advocacy from Steph. Yeah. <laughs> what else are we going to see from you in 2024? Is there anything exciting you're working on or anything you're looking forward to that you want to share with us? Um, I think more Lego content. Because I was going to mention the Lego. What are you building at the moment? It's an obsession. Um, <laughs> at the moment, I'm bringing, I'm building the Hogwarts Express. Oh, takes a lot of time. I didn't expect it to take a lot of time. It's very like very intricate. But I have built so many pieces now, and I only got into it recently in hospital. Mm, so it was very Make unexpected. The time lapses. And yeah, love it. Does it hurt your fingers? Yes, I feel like it would hurt. I, I had like a blood bis- a blood blister on my finger because I was constantly like pressing things in and I was like this is problematic (laughs) but also love it so I can't stop yeah (laughs) but yeah I would say more lego content I think a lot of people love Oatly and I remember at first I would upload Oatly and then not many people would kind of look at it and I'd be like oh it's not really my audience (laughs) and then I think because he's a bit quirky there's you know a bit more of Oatly so apart from that I think just going on like adventures and showing more behind the scenes stuff and showing that also very exciting stuff that is in the works is family planning Yes, so I've that, seen a recent yeah. TikTok of yours. Yes. Pregnant filter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had to do it. I loved it. I mean, it's extremely large. The, it's like, it's looks like, like I have triplets. triplets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's probably not realistic, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, family planning is very big on my list at the moment. I, you know, we got married obviously June last year. So my thought process to me was that I... Kind of wanted to start talking about it with my doctors mm-hmm. for the next five years and see where that goes. So it's very exciting. <laughs> very well, I can't excited. wait to follow along on that journey. <laughs> now, before we wrap the show, I want to do a quick rapid fire get to know you. Yes. If this is okay. So first thing that comes to your mind, or oh, these are questions about you. Star sign. Leo. We love. <laughs> Guys, I'm an Aries. I love being a so, Leo. And I love Aries. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why we click so well. My husband's a Libra. Oh, that's beautiful. I don't know if that makes anything to you. But Libras are beautiful. Yeah. They're just like very, well. Yeah, he's he's on my compatibility. Not that I go off that, but. Yeah. He's on we my take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's a pro. Yeah. <laughs> Morning or night person? Night. I knew that. <laughs> You're quite the night owl. Sometimes texting me at 2 a.m. Literally, I'm like, by the way. <laughs> and then I wake up at like 6, 7 a.m. I'm like, damn, she was awake late last yeah, night. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm notorious. Your favorite movie of all time? Oh, the Parent Trap, but also Harry Potter. Okay, I'll let you have two. Thank you. Both good choices. <laughs> Your love language? Oh, gift. Yep. 
No, I'm a terrible gift giver. Sorry. No, Scratch what that. do you like getting? Oh, what do I like getting? Mm. Or is it acts if, of is service? Okay. I would say acts of service. Yeah. I love a gift, but I also like don't need a gift. Yeah. Your go-to karaoke song? Mm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for that. So fun. And your favorite food? Oh, God. That's sushi. Okay. Nice choice. Or GYG. Yeah, you love GYG. I love Guzman. Yeah, I want to put that in there because I'm like, you still like eating. Like oh, you, yeah. Even with your content, some people still don't understand that like yeah. you don't need to necessarily eat, but you enjoy it. Yeah, I love eating. I feel like, and I can't speak for everyone who has my illness or similar illnesses, but I'm so lucky that I get the freedom to eat. Not all foods, I can't eat everything. But yeah, I'm so lucky because I love food. And when I couldn't eat, sometimes I used to chew and spit. That yeah. was the only. That was the only way I could like get the taste, get that satisfaction. Yeah, and it's not even like a stomach. I don't get stomach hungry. Yeah, I get like brain hungry. It's like yes. a like almost like a hormonal craving yep. when you're craving oh, something. Yes, you get that. Like I'm like, oh, I'm craving sushi. Like oh my god, I'm craving chocolate. Or so yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. All right, now we wrap the show. Our, our Sunday episodes with the recommendations, like a little PS, a little sign off. Mm-hmm. So it can be anything that you are reading, watching, listening to, consuming, loving that you would recommend to the listeners. And I'll give you a quick example like mine. What I would want to say to the listeners is you need to watch Drive to Survive Ooh. on Netflix. It's about the F1. Oh, love are the you F1. into the F1? Yes. Okay, you need, you need to watch Drive to Survive yeah. because at the time of recording this last week, Lewis Hamilton – it got released that he's going to Ferrari, he's leaving Mercedes and it's like a whole thing. Anyway, yeah. Drive to Survive can get you around the F1 and yeah. I love the AusGP too. So okay, that would be my recommendation for people. I'm so gonna, do you have a recommendation? I would say I've watched this series multiple times Ooh. and I love it and I'm re-watching it again. It's called Good Trouble okay. and when I used to watch it, it wasn't on anything in Australia mm-hmm. and now it's on... Disney Plus. It's okay. on Disney Plus. And yeah, Good Trouble is just great. It, it sounds bizarre. Um, it's American, but it's really easy to watch and just awesome. Touches on everything. Like okay. every issue, everywhere. I love it. Okay. Thank you for that recommendation, <laughs> Steph. Now, where can the listeners find you? I'm sure we're going to have many people looking for you, wanting to learn more. <laughs> Give us the details. Um, so my Instagram and TikTok are both the same at, both at Steph K. Kelly. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at at the, at the moment is Instagram and TikTok. Soon to be YouTube. Soon to be. <laughs> can't wait. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure having you in here. Thank and you for having me. Had fun. I've had so much fun. I feel like I'm just chatting with my bestie. Are you less nervous now? Yeah. So oh, yeah. By I'm, the end of it, you're like, oh, that's uh, fun. Yeah. At first I was like, oh my God. And now I'm like, oh my God, I could chat it's to you so all day, fun. which I'm lucky I get to. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you for listening as well. If you love this episode, please give us a rating on Spotify or Apple and please share it to your Instagram story. Tag Steph, tag me. We'd love to know if you loved it. Yes. And come and join the Facebook group. Join our Instagram, our TikTok. And yeah, lots of love everywhere. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Gadigal land, hosted by me, Adele Marie. Your Safe Space is a part of the Amplify Podcast Network.